Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from our risen and reigning Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Before I begin this morning, I just want to take an opportunity to say thank you to everyone at St. Lawrence for this great vicarage year. About a year ago, I arrived here. I was this green vicar, fresh out of seminary. No idea what I was, what was going to experience here at St. Lawrence. And it has been an amazing year. It's been a whirlwind of a year for me. And I say thank you. It's been great to be here to serve as the vicar, to get to learn and grow and get to serve you fine folks, to get to be a part of ministry day in and day out, to experience the highs and lows of ministry. And for when you came alongside me and you offered me words of encouragement or you taught me, you've played a key part in, in molding me and continuing to shape me into that future pastor that you can't believe a year from now, I'll be at my first call as a pastor. And so I just wanted to take an opportunity to say thank you to everyone at St. Lawrence. I've done this three times before. I didn't get a clap. So I was like, okay, what do I do? <laughs> all right. So, all right. So today, Jesus' disciple comes to him and he asks him this question. He says, Lord, teach us to pray. These are the words that the disciple says to Jesus as he's asking them this question. It was a while ago, I was preparing for this final sermon. I read these words, Lord, teach us to pray. And instantly in my mind, I was taken back to my childhood and to that moment where I myself as a young child learned to pray. And so to begin this morning, I'd like to take you there in that moment with me. So I was about four or five years old at this time. I was a lot shorter than I am now. But we were in church as a family, as what was our tradition. And I'll be honest with you, I was not into church. Young Ryan was not in love with church. It was not my favorite place to be on a Sunday morning. I may have quite often expressed that to my parents in a way that I don't want to repeat here this morning. But let's, let's move on. So we're, we're in the service and we have the message. And it was a tradition that I'd always sit with my dad during the sermon. And I was four or five years old. I wanted my dad's attention. So I would try anything I could to get his attention. And reflecting on it now, uh, as I look back, I think each Sunday I, I found a new way to try to distract him. And most of the time I was very unsuccessful at it. But we had the message, we had the thank offering, and then there came this time for prayer. And indeed, I'm four or five years old, I'm, you know, a kid, I'm moving around in the pew, everything. And I stepped up my game, I think this time, to really try and get my dad. I was waving my hand in front of his face, I was poking him, I was pulling on his mustache, and my dad never got angry with me or upset. He always gave me this, this fatherly look of love. And I always, I'll always remember what he said on this, this day. He looked at me with that, that fatherly love in his eyes and he said, Rai Rai. That was his nickname for me growing up. He said, it's time to pray. Let's, let's close our eyes, fold our hands and bow our head. We're gonna talk to God. And I did at four or five years old. And I continue that to this day. What my dad taught me at that young age. That's how I learned to pray. We come to our, our gospel reading and one of Jesus' disciples asks him to teach them how to pray. Maybe they, they picked up on this thing of prayer because 
you have to understand that John the Baptist was the other big prophet in town at this time. And he had taught his disciples how to pray a certain way. And so Jesus' disciples, they may have seen this happen and they thought, well, maybe we should ask Jesus if he could teach us to pray. Or maybe they picked up on how Jesus had this strong emphasis of prayer throughout his ministry. Throughout the Gospel of Luke, if you read it, there's this strong emphasis on prayer, how Jesus spends time daily in prayer with his heavenly Father. And in fact, in a number of places in the Gospel, he even goes off on his own to pray. And so the, the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray. And Jesus grants that request. He uses this simple but powerful prayer that we're all familiar with, the Lord's Prayer. We're familiar with it because we say it each Sunday. And in fact, in a little while, when we're done with the prayers, we'll pray that, that precious prayer that our Lord gave us. And so he teaches them that prayer. But then he goes on and he explains that prayer in this parable. This parable that is, is very packed with, with imagery and images. And so this morning, I'm not going to stand up here and talk about the Lord's Prayer because we do that throughout the church here. We do that in confirmation and Bible study. The part that really caught my attention as I was as reading the, this part of the gospel was that second part of Luke's gospel, that part about the parable that Jesus tells his disciples. And also this morning, I want us to, to wrestle with this idea of prayer. And more importantly, I want, them to, I want you to wrestle with this idea of praying. We pray throughout our lives for things. And there are times when we pray for things and it seems like God doesn't hear us or he doesn't give us what we're asking for, or not exactly what we ask, are asking for. And so I want us this morning to think about how do we as a people of God gathered here this morning, how do we respond in those moments? But let's begin by unpacking that parable that Jesus has laid out for us. So Jesus tells this parable that there's a man who comes to his friend at midnight. It's, it's dark outside. And the man knocks on the door and he asks for the simple thing of three, lo uh, three loaves of bread. And the, man, and the man's friend is behind the closed door and he refuses him at first. And he tells him, I don't want to disturb my family who is sleeping. And so Jesus continues in that parable and he tells us because the man keeps asking for the three loaves of bread, he does indeed receive what he's asked for. Jesus, throughout his, his ministry, he uses parables to teach the disciples and he teaches us here this morning. And that's what, in fact, what he did in this parable. Jesus is using this parable to teach us how we should pray. He's encouraging us to be bold, to go before our heavenly father, to ask for those things that are on our hearts and minds and to know and to trust that our heavenly father will give us what we need and it will be in his time and according to his will. We have a great example from our Old Testament reading from the book of Genesis chapter 18 with Abraham. We have Father Abraham, the father of many nations. And at this point in the book of Genesis, Abraham has heard what God is about to do to the city of Sodom. You see, Sodom was a very wicked city. And so Abraham and God, they're up on this hill and they're looking down into this valley at the city of Sodom. And Abraham, he has a personal connection to, this, to the city of Sodom. His nephew Lot is either living in or around the city of Sodom. And so Abraham is bold and he's concerned about his nephew. And so he's bold enough to go before the Lord to intercede for the city of Sodom. He kind of, if you will, he negotiates with God. We, we heard it read to us. 
it began with if God, if God could find 50 righteous in the city, he wouldn't destroy it and gets all the way down to 10 and he wouldn't destroy it. But we know how the story plays out from there. God indeed comes down. He judges the city of Sodom and Sodom is completely destroyed. We serve a God who is just, but at the same time, we serve a God who is merciful and Lot and his entire family are spared. Are spared. Here we have Abraham. He is bold enough. He has a concern for his nephew's life. And so he comes before the Lord and he asks him that request without any kind of fear. Sometimes in our lives, that's what happens. We pray about something and we, we get the response that we were hoping for and, and praise God for when that happens. But other times we pray for things in this life and th it doesn't, it's not answered at the way that we want. We get something a little bit different than what we prayed about. I'd like to give you an example of that. I'd like to take you now into the New Testament to the account of Jesus when he's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the night before he's about to go to the cross. Jesus knows as he's in that garden what he's about to endure. He's about to endure being betrayed. He's about to be arrested. He's about to be put on trial. He's about to be uh, uh, whipped and beaten. He's about to suffer a lot of torture, a lot of misery for our sins. And so Jesus is in, in the garden of Gethsemane and he's alone and he's praying to his heavenly father. And these are the words that Jesus prays. He says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And we know from the gospels that God the Father hears Jesus when he prays this and he answers Jesus' prayer. Not in quite the way that Jesus was thinking, but God the Father sends an angel that strengthens and helps Jesus to endure what he's about to go through. And we know how the gospel story goes. Jesus is arrested, he's betrayed, he's put on trial, he's crucified, he died, he's risen, and then he ascended. And after his ascension, Jesus didn't just go up into heaven and kick back in the lazy boy and, let the, let the, and just check out from the world, but he went to work. He went to work and sits at the right hand of God. He intercedes for our prayers. He's our go-between between us and our heavenly father. And so we can approach uh, God and know that because of the person and work of Jesus Christ, that we can uh, be bold and we can approach him with the things and concerns in our lives and know that he hears us. And we don't have to do this with any kind of fear because all of our sins have been washed away by the blood of the lamb. And um, so he hears our prayers and he answers them according to uh, uh, his will. And sometimes we want God to work instantly. That's how we're, we're wired as human beings. We're used to getting everything at the click of a button. But sometimes when that happens, what, what do we do in, in those moments? Do we do what is natural in our human nature? Do we get angry with God? Do we shake our fists at him? Like, why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you answering me? Or do we go to the polar opposite and, the, and we let doubt and skepticism begin to creep into our mind? We think to ourselves, well, I've been praying about this and God really hasn't done what I wanted. Is, is there really a God at all? Like, does he care anything about me? We live in a world nowadays where we're used to getting everything instantly at the click of a button, if you will. And we think that's how God should operate. Something kind of like a vending machine, if you will. Something kind of like this. So we have a concern in our life. We pray to him, he answers that prayer. 
or he hears that prayer, he answers that prayer, and that's how we want him to work. We want him to instantly grant that prayer because we want whatever it is. We want that pain ended. We want that new car. We want that new house. We want that new toy, and we want it now. That's how we are as human beings. We want it now. And this is not how God operates. This is us trying to control God, trying to manipulate him, if you will, trying to get him to do what we want. But he indeed hears our prayers and he answers them according to what he knows is best for our lives. We have to remember that our will and his will, they don't align because of our sinful nature. But yet he still hears our prayers and he answers them according to his will. And this can be sometimes tough for us to to understand because sometimes we're praying for something and it's not even for ourselves. It's for another person. We're praying for a person who's been diagnosed with a disease. We're praying for a person who's lost a job or we're praying for someone who has lost their house. And for some reason, it seems like God is not answering or he doesn't care. But indeed, he does care and he answers our prayer. But we have to remember it's according to his time and not our time. And that's sometimes hard for us to understand that it's his time. So how do we as a people of God gathered here this morning, how do we respond in those moments when we we pray to God and we don't get what we ask for? What do we do? The first thing we have to do is we go back to our reading from the Gospel of Luke. We get our answer at verse nine from that reading. And if you, if you read it in the English, it sometimes gets lost in the translation. But if you read it from the Greek, this is how it's translated. It says, the one who keeps asking will be given. The one who keeps seeking will find. The one who keeps knocking, the door will be opened to them. Here we have Jesus. He's encouraging us to continue to pray, even when it seems like God is not listening to us, because he is listening to us. But there are still going to be times in our lives when we pray about something and it's just not going to happen the way that we want. What are we to do in those moments? We as as followers of Christ, we are called to trust in him, to put our faith in him, to know that he has what's best for our lives. Even when we can't see it, we can only see a piece of it. We trust him knowing that he has what's best for us. We can be bold and we can approach our Heavenly Father and ask for those things that are on our hearts and minds and know that he's going to do what's best for our lives. Jesus' disciples, they came to him this morning in our reading with the simple request of learning how to pray. Teach us to pray. And Jesus indeed teaches them that sacred prayer. And then he continues with that parable. That parable will he encourages us to be bold in what we ask for. To know, and we can also know that unlike in that parable where the man comes to his friend at midnight and it's, it's a bad time, we're not, there's no bad time to approach God. There's no, we, we can never worry in this life that we're going to go before him too many times or ask for too much at one time. Because in fact, we know from the words of Jesus, he encourages us to do that. Our Heavenly Father has given us all that we need for this life. And he, he demonstrated that by giving his one and only son for you and for me to die for our sins. And because of that, we have the promise of eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. But yet I will still say, it, it, there's gonna be times in life when we pray for things and we're not gonna get the response we expect from God. 
What do we do in those moments? In the words of Jesus, we're to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking, knowing that our Heavenly Father will, show, uh, will answer our prayers according to his will and his time, and trust and know that he will grant what is best for our lives. In the words of St. Paul from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Amen. Now may the peace of Christ, which surpasses all our understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.